Welcome to Everything Speaks If You Listen with Jen Cobbleworks, where we befriend our humanity and the sacred through story, soul questions, and everyday life. I'm your host, Jen Cobblewilhoit. I had no real intention of bringing 80s um, rock band, pop band, REO Speedwagon into a conversation of inner listening, especially around Samhain, All Souls Day, and All Saints Day, but I'm going to go for it. REO Speedwagon had this song back in the 80s that I love for its melodrama, its cheesiness, its anthemic quality. It reminds me of my inner 13-year-old who could just belt out promises of unconditional love at the top of her lungs and really fully believe it. Uh, This part of me is still an antidote to a part of me that can be very cynical and very guarded and very armored around love and its power of love. Cue Huey Lewis, for those of you who also know more 80s songs. So this song, I'm going to keep on loving you because it's the only thing I want to do. It means a lot to me. (laughs) And I think it has a, I will call it, profound and even sacred presence in my life. Because it both promises and kind of provokes a, an area in me that I wrestle with and feels very vulnerable. The idea of being loved no matter what, in any condition. The idea of, <clears throat> excuse me, of being loved in a timeless way. Um, it's pretty vulnerable. It's not just uh, one way I know that it feels that it's vulnerable is that for me in my body, if anybody goes on and on about how they love me or they give me compliments, I, I get pretty quickly feeling like, all right, I, I gotta get out of here. Like there's, there's this feeling that I have to, I, I can't stick around and hear this. There's just a Um, itchiness inside. I know not everyone feels this, but it's kind of how I feel vulnerability with that. Sometimes I feel the vulnerability of being loved with an inner voice that goes, well, I mean, I I didn't do anything to deserve that. Or "You, you don't know what a dumpster fire I can be in these other ways or something like that. Other times it just feels like an academic kind of harsh left brain um, cross-examination of the idea of love. My vulnerability will show up by saying things like, well, that's great, but I don't see love, you know, paying the bills or ending poverty or ending war. If it's supposed to, it feels like our destruction is outpacing the power of love. When I sit with this vulnerable feeling that gets very argumentative and cynical, what I'm really sitting with is my most tender parts really armored up. And a lot of armor and shielding 
because there's something underneath that armor that feels too fragile or maybe too different from the circumstances of this world to feel safe here. And so I want to dismiss what love can do. And I want to keep it at arm's length because I don't want my heart broken any more than it's already been broken. <clears throat> I'm sorry that I'm coughing. One thing that I've noticed with my body is that when I tell any kind of story or share anything that touches a really deep, tender place in me, it's hard for me to find my voice sometimes, and that involves me coughing. So I apologize, but there's like no amount of water <coughs> that I can take right now <laughs> that's going to smooth this out. This is literally what you're encountering when my voice gets kind of scratchily, scratchy, is an aspect of my armor trying not to be too, too vulnerable, too intimate. I just... I want to stay protected. <clears throat> it's like my voice is a little armadillo exoskeleton. So when I hear this song by Ario Speedwagon, and I can remember being like 13 and belting it out and singing it and really feeling a sincere connection when I'm singing it, I get connected to a part of me that feels unafraid that and 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 non-cynical and completely sincere about the power that love has in an individual life and in a collective life i get the armor dissolved a little bit i get some strength in the midst of the vulnerability and it lands in such a kind of innocuous and and silly and playful part of me that it's hard for my armored, inner armored self to argue too much with it. It's hard for my guarded, cross-examinating, um, argumentative, poke holes in something, trying to be protective and defensive self. It's hard for that self to really go after something as jubilant and easygoing as this 13-year-old girl who really believed Ario Speedwagon and Huey Lewis that the power of love is a curious and wonderful thing. So what does this have to do with Halloween and Samhain and All Saints Day and All Souls Day? Well, one thing that I notice when we talk about Samhain in particular, but All Souls Day and All Saints Day, which are the two days that follow October 31st, is how many conversations we have about how this little three-day window is a liminal space, how it's a bridging space. Liminal, of course, being an expression of something be being neither here nor there. It's not fully formed yet. It's here, but it's still on its way. We're not in the past, but we're not in the future. It's a bridging space. And think about bridges. They connect two things, two land masses. But they are very oddly grounded. We can't feel the grounding of the bridge exactly. There's always a little bit of our holding of breath with bridges. Because yes, they're upright. 
And yes, there are pillars that go deep into the earth to hold them up. But we are feeling a false earth, a lifted earth, a shell of earth when we're on a bridge. There's this space, there's this space, there's this air, this distance, this time between the earth the bridge is rooted in and the thing that we're actually on. We're above the earth. And it's an odd sense of grounding, these bridge moments, these liminal moments. And think about a literal bridge again. There are often times where they curve and twist or they're so long that in our rearview mirror, we can't exactly see the place that we left because of the curves and the, the roundabouts or because of the distance. And we may not also be able to see exactly where we're going. And so we're hovering in this place of not there, but also not there. And that's how we describe thin places spiritually. When we talk about the 12 days of Christmas, of um, holy nights, between Christmas Day and a few days after um, into January. Those are called thin days. Samhain, All Souls Day, and All Saints Day are called thin days too. And the implication here is that they are days that are like bridges. And people describe the veil, or the thing that separates us between everything we know on this earth, and then what we have hints of but don't really know about life after this earthly life or beyond it in some way, that these, these um, different expressions of existence get very close to one another insofar as the things that separate them or seem thinner, more delicate. What I'm really interested in about this season of time, about liminal spaces, is the thinness within us. I'm interested in what barriers, what thick walls or layers of protection, maybe what armor or defense do we have within us that we can allow give or can give consent to being thinned at this time. That's where I find myself residing with these three days, perhaps the most. When it comes to recalling ancestors, family members, beloved animals, friends, even aspects of ourselves, when I think about that aspect of this thinness, I do spend time recalling the names and the energies and the memories of people and places and things and animals, and I ask to commune with them again. <clears throat> I, I, I ask myself to remember them. I ask myself to celebrate them, to tell them through prayer and meditation, through walks, through art, through meals shared and made and cleaned up. <clears throat> I ask those people, those places, those things, those aspects of self, those, those animals, I ask them to draw close to me in a way that I can remember their presence and the gifts and grace that they brought to my life. And I say to them, I know you're always with me, 
but let me take this time to feel you more closely and to invite you more formally to keep walking with me. And when I hear something as silly as REO speed wagons, I'm going to keep on loving you. I recall that 13 year old girl who was undefended and unprotected in a beautiful and safe way, who could sing out that cheesy, silly pop anthem and really, really believe that love had a timeless, enduring, endearing, and unconditional quality to it that was worth believing in. I've been pulling that part of me closer these past few days because I can feel with the trauma of the earth, the environmental catastrophe, the war, and the raging dehumanization that is going on. I can feel a thickening in myself internally, a shoring up, a bricking up, an armoring up. It's so scary that I want to protect the parts of me that feel very vulnerable from being hurt and I don't want to give any hurt and so I withdraw more and more and this feels more protective but it keeps me out of communion. It keeps me out of relationship with other people, with aspects of myself and with love as love is trying to plant seeds and create a cord and a path forward, it, it pulls me into the sidelines, just hurting and confused. I want to just pause really quick and say, listen, we all have not just seasons, but moments where seasons come back where we do have to go to the sidelines and say, I just need to tend to what is aching right now. I'm never, ever, ever going to tell you not to pause and tend to the deep parts of your humanity and soul when and if you need it. What I'm speaking of is a kind of sad, surrendered, acquiesced, energy that suggests inside, at least in me at times, I guess everything's going bad. Just time to layer up, time to protect, time to be on guard, time to be hypervigilant, time to look out. And so this invitation of three days, three days, of saying, (laughs) you're not there or there yet. You have this pause. Who do you want to call from your past and maybe even from your future to be close by your side right now? What expressions of spirit on this side of the veil and beyond the veil and any other veils that could be there? What friendships what allies, what loves, in any and all forms, trips you took, moments where your heart was expanded and you were joyful and felt connected, smiles shared, meals shared, what 
people, what pets, what chance encounters, what landscapes, what elements do you want to pull from the fabric of your being and draw them closer to you? Not so that you're guarded, but so that you're in their protection, which is very different than the kind of armoring up that I was talking about earlier that can happen when we feel just too vulnerable and too frightened. There's an invitation these few days to experience this thinness within us, to look back and to even look ahead with a sense of projection and imagination and hope and pull people and energies and entities and experiences close to us in communion, in fellowship, in the name of love, to stand with us, to stand within us, to stand alongside us, to journey with us. That's part of what the thinning space means for me. I mentioned a story when I was in Iona, how we all had this dinner together and everyone just, just wine, gin, scotch, water, lemonade, appetizers, seafood, steaks, tofu, vegetables, risottos, chocolates, caramels, ports, plums. Everyone just felt into their own desire and their want as an expression of celebration and savoring our time together. And they, they ordered it and they ate it and they shared it. It was a time of profound, abundant sharing, profound, abundant feasting, profound, abundant love the day before we all said goodbye to one another. This is a, commu- a time of communion like that. Years and years ago, I heard my friend Dick Corson speak. He was um, a pastor when I was in my 20s and a very young mom and a man who loved questions and poetry and still does. We still email each other and, and, and write, share long pieces of writing with each other in science articles and, and song lyrics and poems. And we always leave more questions on the table than we ever have answers for. And we always treat those questions that are left between us like they are setting the table for the next time we gather together. I'm always so, so grateful for that, that there's something to come back to in connection and in conversation with him. And he told a story one time, one Sunday when we were celebrating communion in, in my, um, in my tradition where he told of of a boy that we all knew actually in our community who was having um, communion for the first time and he asked Pastor Dick we we were having grape juice and bread and he asked Pastor Dick how many pieces of bread he could have and how many small cups of grape juice could he have seconds and thirds 
And when Dick shared this story, there were some of us in in receipt of the story that kind of gasped, like, oh, you can't you can't just have seconds and thirds of bread and juice at a ritual dinner that is known as communion. That is a staid and stalwart and serious sacred ritual. We were very uptight. I was feeling kind of uptight, worried. Oh, you can't do that. And I remember Dick's story included his booming, raucous laugh, which is infectious and lovely. It's, and he told this boy, you can have all the bread and cups of juice that you want. Everyone can have all that they want. We have cabinets with more. And if we run out of that, we have cookies and for the coffee hour and we have coffee and we can go down the street and order pizza. And we can go into the community kitchen and start chopping vegetables and make a soup. And we can send somebody out to run errands and send somebody to their garden. And we can send people home to their refrigerators and they can check all of the things that are about to expire and haven't gone bad yet and bring them in. And we can make stone soup and crazy bread and all kinds of things. You can stay at the table until you are well-nourished and fed. That's what his response to this boy was. And I sobbed like a baby hearing that story, and it still makes me tear up now. There is an abundance to love that has no resource limit. There is an abundance and a truth to love that is expressed to each of us and expressed through us communally. And it knows no limit. We do not have to take gentle sips and tidy, polite bites. We can let the nectar and the oil coat our lips. We can wipe our mouths with the back of our hands. We can feast and pass the bread basket to each other. There is more where that came from. That is the lineage, the ancestry, the history, the reality of love and how it operates in the world. And in these few days of thinness, I have felt this beautiful opposition. And it, it's felt very beautiful. That something described as thin is there on offering to provide limitless reception and sharing and giving It's like the spaces are thin and we are held aloft neither here nor there so that we can be in a place to receive and receive and receive. 
what is always on offer and always abundantly, infinitely present, and that is love. It starts out with a story of, of thinness. It sounds like it's going to be scarcity. We recognize it, Halloween and it's Samhain. Hey, what if we run the risk of putting our guard down? What if we run the risk of taking our armor off and welcoming other energies or more potent energies into our life and it turns out they're bad? What if we're in danger when we lower our our guard? And so we come up with horror stories and costumes and masks to recognize the fact that as human beings, we're always a little on guard. We're always a little defensive. We're always a little protective. We're always a little bit unsure that we aren't being tricked by this abundant honeyed river, this outpouring, this dousing of love. And yet we risk it. We put on our costumes maybe and we tell our scary stories. We sit with monsters and ask, is this really a monster? Or is it something that's frightened and needs healing? Or is it just different? We sit with our ghosts, with what hurts, with what haunts. We go to the basement of ourselves. We go to the center of the cold, dark lake. We go up to the attic. We go to the cobwebs in the corners of ourselves. And it is scary sometimes when we do this. But we go and we do these scary journeys because ultimately we know we are being invited into a thinning so that we can receive abundant love more abundantly than we are currently receiving it. And every place named as monster, fairly or unfairly, every place broken, every place scared and haunted, every place bereft and empty and dusty like an attic, moldy and forgotten like a basement, every place yearning out within us for this abundant love, for this, for this outpouring, this communal feast that has no limited resource, this unlimited, unconditional I'm going to keep on loving you because it's the only thing I want to do. So we start off with an acknowledgement of our fears and our armors and our defenses and our monsters and our ghosts. And we, we think of this thinness as something possibly very scary that we have to guard against. And then, and then comes our communal family. For through time, through experience, we're saying, I remember you. You brought such joy to my life. Be close with me now. I remember this part of me. I don't want to exile that or, or forget it on the road of my life. Come, be close to me. I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I'm tired. Bring the feast to me. Let me share the feast with others. That's what's happening. That's the invitation. Are we willing and able to enter into that vulnerable covenant of a thin place where we take off our, iron, our armor and receive 
communion. And I don't mean just the food and the nectar and the sweets, but I mean the laughter and the companionship and the community and the mutual aid and the shared humanity. It is um, a time of remembrance where we're remembering ourselves, each other, and we're remembering, as silly as it sounds, the power of love. And sometimes for people like me, for a person like me, I have to get reminded that this is what I'm being invited to in these thin places. Through a Huey Lewis song or a REO Speedwagon song. <laughs> and I laugh and chortle and sing when these reminders come up. Because yes, it's just a song that happens to be on the radio. And yes, also, that is spirit reaching out directly to me, saying, my, da- my darling, I know you don't feel like you're worthy. I know you don't feel like you deserve love. I know you feel like a lost cause. I know you feel like a screw up. I know you can give me a laundry list for all of the ways that you could and should be better. And I am in the kitchen. I have something on the stove for you and it's beautiful and wonderful. And I'm asking you to invite all of your friends, living and dead, element and human, animal, song, energy. Invite them all, angel, guide, poem. Bring them all to the table. Let me serve you all and pour over all of you. Love, 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 love. I, um, I just, sometimes when I say this stuff, it just seems so cheesy, like tropey. Um, banal, ordinary. Isn't that exactly where we need something this potent? Don't we need love of this magnitude in the cheesy and in the ordinary? What are we saving it for? Is, Is a Wednesday, is a Thursday not good enough? I think it is. I think you are good enough. I think I am good enough. I think all of humanity, even though it feels like sometimes our destruction can outpace love, I feel like love. I, uh, I underestimate it. I underestimate how it reaches out and I am sometimes unwilling to really firmly believe that it is unconditional and limitless. And it takes silly songs and it takes hovering days, days held neither here nor there, days where I'm held in suspended disbelief for me to remember and be reminded that love is real, it's embodied. It's intimate, and it's incredibly powerful. 
and it is vulnerable to receive it. But it is ours to receive and ours to share in myriad ways. And all of these dark nights of thinning places, I firmly believe, are deep invitations to just let ourselves inside grow thin, to let parts of us get tired of a loveless world, to grow thin on love being doled out like it's a currency, and to let ourselves grow thin so that that barrier is so easily and beautifully breached with wave after wave and expression after expression of belonging and acceptance and validation and affirmation and inclusion and embrace. So those are just my thoughts. My thoughts on Samhain, on All Souls Day, on All Saints Day, on what a thinning place means and how yeah, even 80s pop radio speaks with a powerful lesson, a powerful invitation, not really lesson, if we listen. Okay, friends. I wish I could just, you know, send you guys all little notes of love and hope. I wish I could send you belly laughs. And set up a huge table for us to gather around and pass food around. I wish I could hear all of your stories of recollection and reflection of who you're inviting closer to you now and going forward in your journey. Why they're precious to you. How you feel their presence in your life still. I wish I could hear all of this one-on-one. Until... Until that time happens, thanks for tuning in. Stay alert and awake to all of the ways that you want to receive love from this universe. It will not necessarily come to you via REO Speedwagon. It may not even come to you through a story in, in a religious setting at some point. It may come at the library or on a walk or wasataing zucchini one day this week. I don't know, but it's there reaching out for you and wanting you to know that there's no end of love for you in sight. No end. Limitless. Always coming. Always there for you as a bedrock. Um, super quick, I have... A couple things a little bit later in November that I'm going to be making available if you want to do some reflection with me one-on-one or in small groups. By reflection, I mean some times of, um, you know, once a week, getting together for an hour together or just in a small group to listen to your week, to listen to your human experiences, to listen to your feelings, and to name where what had meaning and purpose for you so that you can feel 
like you are embracing your entire humanity and so that you can feel the questions that are shaping your life right now also shape a path for you going forward. After this three-day liminal window, especially those of us in the modern Western world, our kairos time, our soul time, wanting things to slow down, is going to deepen. We're going to want to take things slower on a soul and spiritual level. And yet on a capitalistic and social and secular level, we're going to be wanting to speed up, maybe even in a community level too. We're going to be wanting to see each other. There's going to be this push and pull of time and and the way we experience it, the pacing of time. So um, email me directly. I'll put a link to my email. Let me know if you're interested in one-on-one or small group work for a couple weeks in November and then a couple weeks in December where we'll just spend some time listening and reflecting and noticing our everyday experience so that we are acknowledging the fullness of our pace, the fastness of our pace right now, and also hearing and noticing the slow, soulful movement of our inner world as well. I have an offering coming up in December too, a new deck of cards holding some of the darkness and grief and question and isolation that is a part of the winter solstice and Christmas. And I would say maybe even Hanukkah too, as well as the light and the promise and the joy and the togetherness of the season. So it's a deck that holds both the shadow and the light equally. It has statements that name places of darkness and pain and on the other side of each card a partnering message of belonging and illumination and it felt like this really wanted to come through this year because all of our all of our traditions in the dark that talk about welcoming light are always holding darkness and light but some years we feel that equilibrium and that push-pull a little more keenly. And for me, I'm feeling it more keenly this year. And I think that this um, I think that this set of cards might be something that you feel and resonate with also. So more information coming up on that. Okay, I've talked long enough. Thanks for joining me. Remember how much you are loved and um, how much you will always be loved. It's a limitless feast offered to you. Until next week. Thanks again for joining me on today's podcast of Everything Speaks If You Listen. I really appreciate your time, your energy, your engagement. And if you liked or loved this podcast, it would mean a lot if you could rate it for me. Give it the old five-star review or the thumbs up or whatever your application asks you to do to say, I like it. And then if you could share it with a friend or family member that you think might vibe with it also, that would be great. I deeply appreciate the care towards the admin part of this kind of stuff in relationship, as well as you just tuning in. If you'd like to know more about me and my work, there are links in the show notes. 
You can visit me at jencobbleworks.com. Hang out and talk to me on Instagram at cobbleworks or sign up for my newsletter where there are some stories and free comics and art and self-reflection worksheets given every month and lots of fun, deep email exchanges between me and you if you enjoy that. Thanks, friends. Take care.